It's a beautiful Monday morning in Pantherland, and you're listening to Locked on Panthers. We're excited to be here. Man, a lot of things happened this weekend. Roberto Luongo became the first Florida Panther to ever have his name and number in the rafters. We also had a big win against the Montreal Canadiens. Plus, most of all, Frank and I hung out with some listeners of the show. No, it's going to be a great show today as we discuss Saturday night's game uh, in Sunrise. My name is Josh. I am part of PantherParkway.com. And joining me as always is my good friend of yours, Frank Regis. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for that wonderful intro, Josh. Uh, this is Frank Regis, owner of PantherParkway.com. And everybody who's on this, who's listening, you are listening to Locked On Panthers. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm dragging a little bit because of the time change, but uh, I think I'll make it through this podcast. Well, I hope you make it through because uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, that time change always sneaks up on you, doesn't it? It's always like a, an unpaid bill just comes when you least expect it. Kind of right? like the IRS. Just, oh, no. Now, now I owe this much? <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. I mean, at the game uh, on Saturday night, we're sitting there going, man, tomorrow's the time change, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So what a bummer. I hate that. But um, we did not change our time. We're still coming to you at 6 a.m. this beautiful Monday morning uh, to talk a little bit about Saturday night. Huge night for the Florida Panthers as an organization. Fans were streaming into the building uh, early, very early for the uh, what ended up being a 7.30 p.m. start. Uh, fans were getting in the building at 4 o'clock. Uh, they already had uh, the doors open. They were giving away uh, all sorts of different Luongo uh, like uh, giveaways. They had like a little uh, cardboard locker room cutout for uh, Louie that you could get, uh, and there was a long line to get that thing. I didn't, uh, I didn't end up with one. If anybody uh, grabbed an extra one and wants to hook me up, I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, we also uh, had on every seat in the building there was a replica uh, Roberto Luongo banner. And then uh, in the store, there was some uh, special Louis merch. Frank, did you see that? They had some T-shirts and pucks and hats. And uh, a lot of people coming out to honor the great Roberto Luongo. And then, of course, the ceremony itself was just wonderful. Uh, some great uh, people getting up to share. Uh, former teammates and friends. Rob Tallis had a great uh, couple of great stories uh, with Lou. And, uh, yeah, and then ultimately, of course, uh, the man himself, Roberto Luongo, giving a, a very impassioned uh, speech about what it meant to be a goalie and play his career and be a Florida Panther and a South Floridian. And, uh, and then him and his family walked out to the end of that red carpet and watched the banner uh, go up in the rafters. It was an emotional moment for uh, the team. And I got to be honest with you, Frank, I was sitting there during the ceremony just really uh, thinking back on Roberto Luongo and, and what he's meant just to me as a Panther fan to the franchise as just kind of a, a rock for that team. And um, man, just what a, what a great night to get to celebrate uh, Roberto. And I think what was so cool about it on top of all of that is that even though it was a, a, a Habs game where typically uh, it would be like 70-30 Montreal uh, Florida Panther fans, uh, the majority of fans... Uh, in the building on Saturday night were Panther fans there to pay their respects 
uh, to the man, the myth, the legend, Roberto Luongo. Yeah, what a great, what a great night. Um, you know, much anticipated, of course. And you and I have been talking about uh, why they chose this game uh, specifically, and A as a Saturday night, and B. You know, he was born in Montreal, so it was very fitting uh, to to have him there. I had a chance to get into the um, press conference that he had, the special press conference that he had prior uh, to the event. And, uh, you know, he, he very humble. I mean, I have to say, and you probably would agree with me, and I believe that hockey players are some of the most humble people. Uh, when you get down to their personality and you get them uh, actually away from the game a little bit, they're they're such nice individuals and they always have a lot of good things to say. And uh, Roberto was very proud, was very thankful for uh, what he had accomplished uh, in the game. And uh, his French is very good. Uh, there were some people asking him questions in French and he was answering them, you know, seemingly uh, very smoothly, so I was impressed with his language. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, a, a, a great tribute. Uh, one question that came in that pre, uh, pre, pre-game uh, press conference for him was, you know, what does the number one mean to him? And, you know, it, it means that, you know, you're the number one person on the team, you're the top player, you want to be the best, you want to play the best. And then he ended that uh, answer with, you know, number one on your score sheet, number one uh, in your heart. So uh, well done. Uh, I believe that there was some teary eyes at a few points in the uh, presentation, especially when Lou was talking. Uh, his his wife, Gina, got a little teary-eyed and Lou got a little choked up. And uh, I would imagine that people were uh, doing the same in the stands. Uh, he had some great comments, uh, one kind of funny about growing up with his uh, grandmother cooking a bunch of lasagna as opposed to letting him um, you know, play hockey. He wanted to go out and play hockey and she's cooking. But I think what may have been, and I don't know if it went unnoticed, but, uh, he gave a little pep talk to the players saying that, you know, I'm really proud of you. We have to believe in ourselves right now and enjoy the moment, relish it, come out and have fun, never take it for granted. And, uh, I think the Panthers did just that following, um, the presentation. Yeah, I mean, it was actually a little bit concerning because the players were out there for the whole presentation sitting on the bench. And I think there was a little concern, I mean, at least in my mind, uh, man, you get these guys sitting out here for over an hour during the ceremony and then they got to get up and play an NHL game, uh, you know, after sitting there for so long. But man, uh, it did seem like the Cats really responded to Lou's message and... uh, of course, they're able to uh, rally against the Montreal Canadiens in a big way and uh, get that first win in nine home games Oof. that they really needed to get. Uh, they really, really needed a win. And uh, hopefully uh, that sparks some momentum as the Panthers uh, kind of, sort of, maybe kind of back in the playoff <laughs> race. I don't want to, I don't want to, it's it's just kind of that false hope where you're like, I don't know if I really want to have hope in this, but uh yeah, as it stands, the Panthers are three points out of the second wild card spot and three points out of the third spot in the Atlantic Division. And they're kind of fighting with uh, basically uh, five teams because Toronto, uh, the New York Islanders, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets are all um, are all in that 79-point category right now. 
but only one of them is Atlantic Division. So they move into that third spot in the Atlantic Division. That's Toronto. Yep. And then below them is New York Rangers and the Florida Panthers with 76. So it's four, five, six teams that are kind of all fighting for those last three spots. But the good news for the Panthers is that all the other teams are Metro teams. Right. So other than Toronto. Right. So really, it's still a, a, for the third spot in the Atlantic, it's still a fight between Toronto and Florida. Um, and then, of course, they also are eligible for the wild card battle. But looking at that, uh, the Panthers still have a game in hand on Toronto, plus another game to play against Toronto in Toronto. So uh, conceivably, if you played a little bit better than Toronto towards the end of the season and beat Toronto, you could still be in this race. Now, I'll say all of that to say this, Frank. They shouldn't be. They should not still be in the race. The Panthers have just been awful since January uh, and they really have no business of being in this race, yet here they are. So the question is now going to be, do they take advantage of this, and do they uh, start to try to work their way back into uh, competition here? Well, if they play... If they continue to play anything like they played uh, Saturday night, uh, you know, then I'm going to give them a chance, at least at this point, for the next few games, to stay in the race and hopefully pick up some ground. Uh, you know, Quenville went to the line blender again on Saturday night, and he came up with a new line, which I'm now calling the Triple H line with Mike Hoffman, Eric Halla, and Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, to me, those guys worked very, very hard. They were the uh, probably the most noticeable line uh, on the ice last night, or Saturday night, I should say. Uh, so that worked uh, to their favor. And then, I don't know about you, but I'm wondering, do you think we might have a goalie controversy at this point in the season because Chris Drieger is looking very, very good and the team is actually playing very well in front of him. And in my article, my recap that I wrote that uh, posted for Sunday morning, if anybody wants to read it, if you haven't, um, I'm not, how do I want to say this? I, I see some things in Drieger that I've seen in another goaltender. His technique is very good. He's positionally sound. He's not flopping all over the place. He looks to be confident. And um, a lot of what he does reminds me of Corey Crawford. Um, well, you know, I, I think the the way that Chris Drager has played um, has been that kind of what you would call league average goaltending. Um, that's just average, but... That's really all the Panthers need yeah. is just the the average guy that's able to make the saves. The problem has been, um, you know, they haven't got that. Now, you can attribute that to a bunch of different factors, and we have definitely not been uh, hesitant at all to say. The defense sucks. <laughs> um, that is true. Uh, we're going to stand by that. Um, and that's definitely been a problem, and I think Sergei Bobrovsky has gotten – uh, a lot more uh, criticism that he has deserved. However, for some reason, in front of Chris Drager, it seems like the Panthers have played really well. Uh, I don't know if it's because they see him as a liability more than they do Bob, so they're trying to be more defensive. Maybe there's been some better coaching uh, for them, or maybe they're at least starting to listen to the coaching uh, and starting to lock down. But I'll tell you this, the thing that impressed me most on Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens Frank was their physicality. There was physicality. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I should go play the lottery or like look for the Yeti in the you know Pacific Northwest because I saw Keith Yandel throw a hit. No, I don't think I saw that. I did. 
I saw it, Frank, with my own two eyes. You know, I got to go back and look at the stats because, uh, well, you might have seen him throw it, but apparently the scorekeeper didn't credit him with any. Well, yeah, I mean, when you see a, sure it was a, a hit, a not a love star. tap. I mean, there, there is a difference. When you no, there is. When you see a shooting star, sometimes you just can't comprehend what you've seen. I'm telling <laughs> okay. you, I saw him throw a hit. Um, there was some physicality in the Panthers game against Montreal, and it paid off for them in a big way, and they were able to uh, to get the victory. That's the kind of team that the the Panthers have to be. Uh, they have to play every game like it's a playoff game. Uh, for the next 15 games or so if they really, really want to get a shot. Yeah, and when it comes to playoff time, you've got to have that physicality. You've got to have that edge. You've got to get to the dirty areas. You've got to win the puck battles. You've got to get in the corners. So uh, it was good to see. It really was. So, Frank, I think uh, you know the other big thing that uh, we can talk about for the Panthers uh, going into the game uh, was Coach Quinville's decision to start mixing and matching the lines again. And I think we're going to see that again uh, in the upcoming uh, week as Brian Boyle makes his uh, return to the Panthers lineup. Um, but yeah, I think there was definitely some immediate payoff uh, from moving Jonathan Huberdeau uh, down to form what we've been calling the Triple H line, uh, which I love. <laughs> Uh, that's great. And, uh, so yeah, the Hala Huberto and Hoffman line, uh, obviously playing really well in the game against Montreal. Um, this is the kind of thing that you really want your coach to do, right? You want him to, to mix and match and try to find new combinations. And, uh, honestly, uh, both of the guys that came over in the Carolina trade, I thought looked great on Saturday night. Walmart had that great goal. Um, looking really well, like he really uh, was starting to kind of come into his own confidence there uh, with the Panthers. And Eric Halla, in my mind, has been a really good player. I really have loved his drive and aggression and physicality. So, uh, yeah, big move, big switch up. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think about the moves that Q is making here? Well, of course, I'm used to him doing this kind of stuff. And he's always looking for the right mixture, the right combination. When a certain line or a certain player starts to get stale or starts to go cold, he's going to start, you know, going to the blender and mixing and matching. And I think last night's choice, or I keep saying last night because we're doing this on Sunday, but uh, Saturday night's choice of, of mix-up was uh, really, really good. It worked out really well. And now that Brian Boyle comes back, not only are you adding, you know, some veteran presence and some leadership on the team, you're adding a player that can really slot in uh, to a role and I would guess if I had to pick someone, the odd man out, well, it's going to be between Mark Pissick and uh, Dominic Toninato. It's going to be one of those guys uh, are going to be sitting. Um, I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but it'll be good to have Boyle in the lineup because I think that the, the earlier skid that started happened when Boyle was out of the lineup. So um, it'll be good to have him back, good to have his experience, and good to have uh, his ability um, and leadership on the bench as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be good. And, uh, you know, he's played on some really good teams. So hopefully, you know, Boyle has is, is been able to kind of speak into the locker room. I know it's hard when you're an injured player uh, because you don't really get to be around the boys you yeah. know, in the way that you normally are. You're not getting to speak into the games. And, um, you know, I don't know. I haven't even seen him much around the arena. I don't know. No, I have so, not. Um, I don't know that he's been around. And, you know, we've read stories before from other players 
um, that are kind of like, hey, you know, it's hard when you're injured because you kind of are on the outside looking in. And so now I hear that voice comes back into the locker room mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll be able to get that bottom six, maybe uh, being a little more aggressive, a little more physical, a little playing a little more Brian Boyle style hockey. So I think that would be really good. Yeah, much needed, perfect timing as we head into the final uh, what do we got? 14 games left in the season. Holy cow, what a fast year this has been. I can't believe it. It has been a fast year. It, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy to think how much has happened since October. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, October seems like it was a couple years ago, <laughs> but it also feels like it was five seconds ago. Um, it's just been such a weird year yeah. in that way. Um, doesn't it feel like the Bobrovsky signing was like 30 seconds ago, but also like you can't remember when he wasn't a Panther. Yeah. Like when they were talking about when they were talking about Luongo being the goalie last season, my mind was going, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but it, but it is, you that's know, true. like Luongo was the goalie last season. Um, so it's been kind of an interesting year from that perspective um, for the Panthers. Yeah, it has. There's been so much that's been going on, uh, you know, obviously with the anticipation um, at the beginning of the season, with the expectation, uh, you know, the free agent uh, moves, uh, everything that's happened. um, It's just been what I like to call a complete blur. Um, And here we are. We're down to 14 games left in this season. Uh, We're still in the playoff hunt. Uh, we can control our destiny if we do what we have to do, but we can't, you know, we can't worry about other teams. We can't uh, worry that we expect this team to beat that team. We just got to go and do our business. And like I said earlier in the show, if we play uh, like we played Saturday night against Montreal, um, I think we're going to get more wins than we uh, will get losses. But you know, they need to win out of the next 14 games. I mean, I would think we got to win at least 10 of them. And uh, the schedule's not easy. We've got St. Louis tonight. We've got Dallas coming up. And, uh, you know, let's face it, the New Jersey game at home on Saturday won't be an easy one because, you know, they're probably in spoiler mode. So let's not take that game for granted. All right, Frank, speaking of St. Louis, of course, uh, the Panthers travel to St. Louis to take on the Stanley Cup champion uh, St. Louis Blues uh, I know that's your favorite subject. So uh, yeah. um, let's uh, let's get into it, Frank. What should Panther fans be looking for in this game? Kind of weird circumstances. This game was originally scheduled uh, for tomorrow night, but it was moved back due to the incident with Jay Bomeister right. um, because the Blues now have to get out to Anaheim on Wednesday uh, to make up that game. So the Panthers have a little shift in their schedule as a result of it. And uh, so... Uh, tell us, what should Panther fans be looking for tonight? Well, uh, it's going to be a tough building to play in, as it is for most NHL teams. Although the Panthers have had some success in the past, uh, but St. St. Louis has an outstanding record at home. They're twenty-three six and five. Uh, they're first in the Central Division, uh, forty eighteen and ten. And this is prior to uh, the finish of their game on Sunday night against the Blackhawks. Um, they're a hard team to play against. They forecheck very very well. And uh, not only do they forecheck well, but they're fast. They're very quick on their feet. They have good transition. Uh, they also have, you know, a good set of defensemen as well, even with uh, Jay Bomeister out of the lineup. Um, guys to watch out for, David Perron, their leading scorer, 25 goals, 35 assists for 60 points, followed by Ryan O'Reilly, 
12 goals, 47 assists for 59, and then Braden Shen, 25 and 31 for 56. Um, they can score. There's about close to uh, 10, 11 guys that have goals in double digits, so uh, scoring for them is not an issue. Um, and defensively, they are you know playing very well. They've got you know two good goaltenders, probably going to be Jordan Binnington tonight as uh, Jake Allen played against the Hawks. So uh, they will be tough to score against. They don't give up a lot of shots on average. They're fourth in the league um, with that. And they're sixth, I believe it is. Yep, sixth in the league and goals allowed. So good defensive team, not only from the defensemen, but the forwards. And uh, Craig Berube has got them playing uh, a good style of a game that's working for them. And uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think that if the Panthers, you know, keep their head on straight, stay out of the penalty box, uh, don't let St. Louis dictate the pace, you could see a victory. Well, we're hoping for that victory. It'd be great to get two points from a Western Conference team as this race is heating up in the East. Uh, Make sure as you watch the game tonight that you follow along on the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Panther Parkway. Uh, we got all sorts of fun stuff. we got in-game gifts, uh, information, thoughts, retweets, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you check that out. And, of course, on that, web, on that Twitter uh, account, we post every article that comes through pantherparkway.com. So make sure you check out everything that's written there as well. You can also follow Frank on Twitter at Frank Rikus. And you can follow me at Josh underscore L-O Panthers. Hey. You have some thoughts about the Panthers? You uh, want to tell us about how you cried all over your jersey on Saturday night uh, during the Luongo <laughs> ceremony? You can uh, call us at 954-228-0630. Again, that's 954-228-0630. Leave us a voicemail about your experience. We'll play it here on the show. Or if you have some other thoughts, we might play it on Thursday for our Talk Back Thursday segment. All right. For this edition of Locked On Panthers, I'm Josh. I'm Frank. Thank you for listening.